Welcome to The Front Line, the sales and marketing podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Front Line, sales and marketing podcast. We aim to provide entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders with the three Ts, the tools, tip, tip, that, the tools tips, and techniques that help improve sales and marketing knowledge for better results. And I am Avon Collis, CRM Marketing Automation Specialist, joined by Floris Block, Marketing Strategy, Customer Experience, and Digital Transformation Expert. And today we are interviewing Maria Isoton. Uh, welcome, Maria. How are you? Hi, Avon. Where are you? Good, good. Uh, so Maria is an ERP implementation specialist and accountant from Reassure Accounting, who specializes in uh, working with small to medium manufacturing businesses to implement complex accounting systems. So um, Maria, tell us a bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm an accountant as by trade and uh, profession. And I also studied IT as my first degree. Uh, and my passion is to implement systems and develop a uh, more efficiency for business owners and teach them how to understand the figures and the reports and use budgeting forecasting to help them to grow their businesses. Excellent. So um, I think uh, given your area of expertise, we wanted to drill down into uh, ERP uh, so, uh, aside from an acronym, what is it? What does it do, and why is it important? Okay, so ERP it's it um, it is enterprise res- oh sorry enterprise resource planning, and uh, it's important because uh, it's a basically it's a big software which gives you the whole operation of the business since. Um, the beginning to the end. So it could be integrated with a CRM and then you have all the information from customers and then this will populate the sales, the, all the sales process, also the purchasing, um, finance, accounts receivable, accounts payable, payables until we go to um, accounting. And then it's where we can have the financial reports and then understand what's happening with the business. Also, it's a very good tool uh, for manufacturers and wholesalers because you can control the costs and understand what the costs are by product line, if it's the case. Uh, and also, uh, it's very good for importers as well because they can, we can allocate the charts, import charts into the cost product line. Yeah, excellent. I think you raised a very good point there is that the, the CRM and the ERP go very much hand in hand. And I think, you know, CRM is sort of close to our hearts from a marketing perspective. But um, one thing that is very different between the two is one is about the people and the relationships with the people. And the other one is about the things in the business, the, the things that cost money. So um, I think by having the two combined, you know, you, you, you can't have just have the things you have to have customers. You can't just have customers. You have to have the things that you're going to supply to the customers. So they really do go hand in hand. And I think as far as being able to track the things in your business is really, really important. Having systems, um, they definitely are part of a, a very strong partnership. So why is it important to have a, uh, you know, the figures, why is it important to understand what's going on financially in the business? 
because when you have um, when you understand what's happening with the business via reading the figures you can make better decisions and when are you on top of that before the let's say before the operation you still have time to change um, the path you're going or make decisions before the result or improve the result or change the way things happen. So the other thing, the other advantage is um, when we implement CIM and ERP together, they work very well to, sometimes we need to change the, the process, uh, how people work. And this is good for training people and reminding people what they should be doing and how they could do better. And then how can they uh, team up better as well. So it's a whole process of kind of um, changing a culture in the business. When and, you're talking about culture, that's a topic very near and dear to Flores's heart. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got something to say about that. You're on mute, Flores. Uh, Flores, you're on mute. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, um, I was actually saying, um, culture is at the heart of everything, right? It, it's what determines how people act and how they behave. And especially in a, in a, in a business environment, it also defines how people go about their business to deliver on the objectives that are set out by the organization. So um, the way people, or otherwise known as ways of working, um, if culturally they are not, like for example, um, anti-silos. <laughs> right now, traditionally, a lot of organizations have silos and in previous lives, I've had uh, you've had an ERP silo and a CRM silo, but what you said was absolutely on point, which is they work very well together. I remember having a conversation with an ERP implementer saying, all customer data need to live in ERP. And then the marketing person comes and says, no, all customer data must live in the CRM. And to be honest, no one's right and no one's wrong. The information is whatever you store it, it's a single version of the truth and synchronizes with the rest of the systems, right? So when we talk about culture, it's about taking away, for example, these barriers and making sure that the people are working together. Anyway, I can have a long rant about culture, but we're not here to talk about culture primarily. Um, what more can you tell us about how ERPs and other systems can work together or should work together? And then I think that there's a point I would like to talk about it, which is data. But let's start with ERPs and how they integrate with other systems. Okay, so normally an ERP will have um, pretty much everything in, in one system. It depends, it depends on the size of the business, but um, let's suppose a small business um, where it's using, let's say, zero at the moment for accounting software. Uh, they could have, and let's suppose they need a more specific stock control. So then it's the case you would have, we would have like an ERP for CIM, for example, which is very important. Why it's important? Because clients, they need to know what's happening. Well, actually, the business needs to know uh, what's happening with the clients and the CIM is the best way to do this. So that information we integrate with, let's say, in this example, zero. But then you can have another app that integrates for stock, which can be different like we have several options now one of them is like unleashed for example so uh, that would be a way of working and then having the whole 
all of those three systems, for example, in, the, in this example, working together and giving the whole information uh, to the user. Uh, other options, options are more um, advanced ERP software, example, SAP, NetSuite, where they have the whole package in one, in one system, in one software. Um, and sometimes they can connect with uh, Salesforce or other kind of CRM. I'm not sure if I answered your question, Floris. Is that uh, clear enough? No, 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 absolutely. Um, because, you know, ERP is so vague. It, even a CRM is technically an ERP, right? Because it's an yeah. enterprise resource planning software. But lately, we've, we've kind of split the conversation. CRM is marketing. ERP is more financial transactional stock, inventory, logistics, purchase sales stock, and all of that stuff. Um, but we, we mentioned a couple of big names here. We mentioned uh, SAP, uh, Oracle, um, uh, Unleashed even, um, even Salesforce. Now, if we, because we're talking to SMB um, leaders here, if you don't have the funds to go for one of these big systems, how can you efficiently and accurately replace these big systems with smaller systems? What recommendations would you have and how would they then integrate with other systems in order to have a seamless service? Yeah, okay. So then I would say um, it's something that we need to analyze uh, per client and understand first what the client, what, what the client's doing, how he's doing it and what he needs what the outcome he's mm -hmm. looking for, he or she in this case. Um, but then we have those for accounting software, I would say uh, the easiest one nowadays to integrate with other apps, uh, it's called Zero. So, and they have quite good options in terms of apps that they can connect with them for. Um, I'm about to study a bit further um, of Zoho. So, kind of understanding how they work. They have good reviews, but I haven't checked myself yet, but it looks like they will be very competitive in the market and the, and the price is pretty good. Um, in terms of stock, I would say I've tested others, but I would say Unleashed is still a good one, very good one that integrates with zero and gives you uh, very important information, especially for, for, for uh, people that they have stock and they want to know the costs per product and uh, especially for companies that they import where they want to allocate the import costs into the uh, product costs, which will affect the margin. So it's a very good analysis if you can see, uh, for example, my, I'm selling my phone example so i'm going to produce this phone and sell so how much does it cost for me to bring all the raw materials to australia assemble or manufacture either put my margin and sell so that information i i noticed that not all companies they have this information it's more business so sorry um just for the sake of clarity here I know it may sound a little bit redundant in some cases, but if you don't get your cost of goods sold right, what are the consequences? 
you don't know exactly how much margin, gross margin, gross profit you are making. You're mm -hmm. not very sure if you're either buying or manufacturing, if that process, uh, including the labor, it's giving you profitability or not. And how much is that profitability? So an organization could, sorry, everyone, an organization could be then, for example, operating under the assumption that they're running a profitable business. But in fact, what they could be doing is having the cost of goods miscalculated and therefore not, for example, entering into consideration cost of labor, import duty, or any of the other things and end up either at break-even point or worse, below break-even point, which means running at a loss. Yeah. And I, I've seen with my eyes cases like this. Okay. So it is very, um, it's a very sensitive information. It's very important. And, um, and I'm not sure if it's very well, um, like if it's very well known by, by the market. I was watching um, a Food Network uh, channel the other day and um, you know how they have those things where that someone comes back uh, into a business and then like revamps it, they repaint in, in these restaurants, kind of like a Gordon Ramsay type thing. It was a different guy. Anyway, um, this one particular business had miscalculated their cost of goods and they were slowly going broke over a couple of years. And they thought, you know, we're doing lots of trade. We're doing, we've got lots of customers. We're really busy. Um, but purely the fact that they had miscalculated their prices meant that they were going broke, uh, you know, five cents at a time, 10 cents at a time, losing money on every deal. And they, they couldn't work out why. And then uh, after they, they had this revamped and got a bit of education and had a bit of some systems involved, completely transformed the business. Um, and the one of the points you raised before, you know, like, um, without sort of naming what software is good for one company or what good for another company, you know, everyone's different, everyone's situation, every business is different. And that's what makes them competitive and have an actual competitive advantage. And I think that, um, you know, sometimes for those smaller businesses, you need to cobble together a few things. But I, I think by doing that, like if depending on what your growth curve is, you might be better off, you know, taking the, extra effort and, and energy and money and getting a bigger system sooner because you know you're going to be able to grow into it whereas you take on a bit of technical debt where if you've got another system perhaps you're gluing them together the reports aren't as good um, the information and data flow isn't as good and you then have a cost and that cost is switching later so I guess it's a, it, it can be a very difficult decision sometimes to, when you, if, particularly if you're going to choose a bigger platform sooner because it's a bigger investment. There's a bit of a risk if you got it wrong, if it wasn't the right thing. Um, but I value flexibility in systems, something that you can build. And if it's not quite right, you can modify it to make it fit and work with you. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, um, normally when I, I work with the client, I understand what they want, and, but I, I show uh, possibilities and the pros and cons. Mm. But I agree with you. Sometimes uh, going to, uh, it's, it's the, best, the best way is to try to cover, uh, considering that the person, the client, the business is going to grow and then mm. have the system and, and the flow of the process, which means the people that are working in, in the operation um, to follow that flow, then you can grow uh, organized 
and is deadly. And then, of course, you have more results at the, and in the long run. Yeah. And as a professional, you know, like you, you walk in and you go, oh, they're doing this, 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 and this. It's like 10 other implementations I've done before. It's obvious what they need. But sometimes you might dig down and see a little detail here or there that you either need to patch in with a new product service or, or something. Other times you might go, this would be perfect for them, but their, um, their people are not like computer savvy enough to be able to handle anything remotely like X complication. So then you've got to go back to the drawing board and find something much simpler. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not always easy. Um, So one of the things that we talked about is flexibility and having multiple systems, et cetera. So one of the things that we know from some of the marketing uh, processes, wherever there's a manual transaction to be done, especially handled by humans, there's always a risk of errors. So from your experience, how many cases have you come across that have actually been or could have been avoided if the right process was put in place to avoid that human interaction um, uh, in, in that manual process? Oh, I don't know how many times, but uh, what, I can, <laughs> what I can tell, um, maybe the reason I kind of, I understand a bit of this operation, it's because I've worked my whole life pretty much for manufacturers and, and, and wholesalers where I used to go always in the financial accounting department and the management accounting. So I used to go and see what was happening, the process to, to be able to improve. And then of course that um, improvement would reflect the figures. So sometimes if you have like, a, um, sometimes you need a manual process, but uh, most of the time you can automate. Nowadays, we can automate lots of things. But besides of, besides of automation, we also have, uh, when we cut some phases in some process, even in an admin flow uh, with two or three people, four people, it depends how they receive, let's say, the quote, how they communicate with the, this, the client. And, even, and then it's when CIM would, enter for example sometimes if you cut a process in between you can um, have very good result so you improve uh, efficiency and then you improve um, of course results when you improve results this will be uh, directly demonstrated in your financial reporting why because if you are using people people are spending less time even if you have a full-time employee, but if this, that full-time employee is, is able to, to do more in less time or is more efficient or work in a different way, even sometimes even the employee will feel uh, happier because his or, or, or her work are more fun or are better. So, okay. Uh- I had a question. I just lost it. Sorry. I'll jump um, in. You had a question. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not. Um, no, I, I think that's an amazing point on, on 
things like morale. And, and I think a lot of times people look at the, the cost of the platform and go, oh, you know, it's hundred bucks a month. That's bloody expensive. I don't want to use it. Um, but they miss out on so much, which might be the fact that they can save, um, you know, a hundred hours a year, which is ridiculously more than what the monthly cost of the software is. Or like you said, that they're happier. You know, I, I once implemented a facial recognition scanner, which um, where the staff would clock in and clock out. And I had better relationships with the staff because there was no animosity over timesheet. Um, you know, them dodging the timesheets in the morning. You know, even if, they, even if they didn't, like there was still that little, that risk there. So instead of them, you know, writing down nine o'clock and they got in at 9.15 or 9.30, um, the fact that there was that risk that I thought they might've done that, or they think that I might be dodging them on their time or something. None of that. It was clear. It was completely clear. The, the clock in at 9.01, 9.02, that was the time that was recorded. And, and it was, it was precise and it was accurate. They could put their um, uh, availability in. So I couldn't actually physically book them or, or rush them on, on a time that they didn't, that they weren't available to work. So, you know, in the past there would be communication of, Oh no, I had this family event on, or I had some study or something where I would might forget. And, you know, it's hard to remember the lives of 10, 20, 30, 50, a hundred people. But when the system is like, won't let you make the mistake. Um, there's a Japanese concept called poker yoke. And um, it's like a USB plugging a USB into a computer. It only goes in one way. So the system is designed that you can't stuff it. And, um, I think that's people look past that and go the fact that you otherwise got to train the person. No. Well now it's just, it's so obvious the way that it has to work. Yeah. And even you said something interesting when you, the system is designed and what is important when we do this kind of uh, processes, we adjust the system, the mm. software system to the person system to, to, to the workflow Hmm. So either way, or we sometimes adjust, let's say the workflow the person is doing is very good. So we keep that, hmm. we adjust the system, or sometimes we, we need to change. We need to use what the software is giving to us and then adjust the workflow according to the software. So when I say, oh, we do, because sometimes I feel people, they don't understand very well when I say, oh, I do business, I improve business processes. I think people hmm. don't understand what I mean. And it's, it's this, it's improving the way you are doing your workflow to get a better result connected to the software you are using to. So and, talking the same language. And there's also a form of uh, continuous improvement. You know, one example is imagine Telstra and uh, there might be a button or a field that they use um, for 90% of customers. And instead of putting it way down the bottom, so then they've got to scroll three times to get to the bottom, it might cost them four or five seconds. Um, you put it right at the top and then they can handle, you know, five more calls in a day or they can, uh, so for the same workload. And if you multiply that times a thousand staff, you could probably talk like just by moving a button at the right scale of organization, you could be talking about, you know, a hundred thousand or a million dollars worth of savings just by relocating some things on the screen. And yeah, that is a, that is a probably my best example of, of, uh, of changing the way it work. Um, you know, Toyota do it and um, they, you know, uh, there was an episode of Top Gear and every day they talk about what is something we could improve in our workflow to make it faster to, to the point where they've got robots that follow 
with the tool tool bench. So you don't have to walk over to the tool bench. The robot follows the worker back and forwards up and down the car. So they don't have to walk more than one step to get a tool or they've got um, the one on top gear. He's like, you know, these gloves are hard to work with. I can't pick up the screws to then screw it. Like even though the, the, the drill is suspended above the area where you've got to do the work. So you don't have to reach over and grab the drill. You just go zip and it's done. But grabbing the screws was hard. So he made a dispenser that puts two screws in his hand. So he's ready to go straight away. So things yeah. like that, like if you come up with these things all the time. But and this is the funny thing is that this is from Henry Ford. He, yeah. he created that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> in the, um, in whenever the- I think of uh, Henry Ford and what he done to the automobile industry, but also to uh, manufacturing, I cannot yeah. stop thinking about the Charlie Chaplin movie, Modern Times. Yeah, it's still used and it, it's just being proved and improved over time for our time. And, and it's just become digitized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more automated, Absolutely. more robotics, more... More everything. All yeah. right. Well, um, uh, I think that's been a pretty good session on, on ERP. Um, did anyone have any finding, final points, closing uh, uh, statements they'd like to make? Um, I'd like to make one. Um, so we, we covered what ERP is and why it's important. We've covered in previous episodes why CRMs are important as well. Um, would it be fair to uh, summarize that in order to have the most efficient business that you could possibly have within the operational budget that you have, depending on the size of the company, there are tools out there that will allow you to actually then create these efficiencies in your operational model um, in order to then minimize the risk of errors and maximize the potential of uh, these efficiencies in terms of actual turnover and profit. Yeah, definitely. I think it's um, a matter of just understanding what are the needs of the businesses and then what they want to achieve, which goals, how much they want to spend and, and go for it. Because in my view, when you have a, a whole system, when you can go in a one place and see what's happening with the business and then you can see, oh, okay, this, this month happened this, so I can make this decision or that decision. I can, you have a better future horizon and decide what I'm going to do. Am I going to keep here or no, I'm going to change. And they are very good tools, software plus um, good database, of course. We need to have a good, good data entry as well, reliable. And, and, and that's where accounting comes in because then uh, as best as we follow these standards, then of course you have better figures, better information to make decisions. Excellent. All right. Well, um, thank you very much for joining us today, Maria, and um, helping us understand the importance of ERP or enterprise resource planning software. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this session as much as we have. And if you'd like to get in touch with Maria, please feel free to check her out on LinkedIn or at reassureaccounting.com.au. And as always, the links will be in the blog post accompanying this uh, podcast. So if you have any topics you wish for us to discuss, or if you have any questions, if you, you can always get in touch with us on the podcast 
sorry, uh, the podcast website, thefrontlinepodcast.com. And uh, checking us out on all the socials, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, and a couple of others. And we'll be in touch uh, and be able to answer any questions that you have. So thanks again, Floris. Thank you, Evan. Thank you, Floris, for inviting me. No worries at all. And uh, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to the Sales and Marketing Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and hope to see you again soon on the front line.